Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. My mom told me a long time ago, you're not for everybody and everybody's not for you. And I think that helps me, especially in my art, because I'm like, if you don't like it and you want me to be a certain way, then it's not for you. And I'm comfortable to walk away because I'm not about to be untrue to like, this is my art. I'm doing it for fun. So why would I like be put into a box like we're living outside the binary? So like, why keep going back? Hey listeners, my name is Cherie and I'm a production intern on Right Now-ish. I'll be your host for this episode. Since I moved to San Francisco, a lot of my time has been spent seeking a sense of belonging and community. Visiting the museum in the Castro, feeling the bass under my feet at Jolene's, and watching drag kings perform at the White Horse Bar in Oakland. No matter where I go, nothing creates community more than finding people who make me feel welcome. I spoke to Helixer Gender Bentwell, who won SF's 2022 Drag King of the Year. Even in times like these, with lawmakers trying to ban drag performances, there are so many places filled with love and understanding, and so many people creating queer joy for themselves and for others. Helixer's one of those people. I, I was doing um, Oak Lash uh, this past May, and I was super, I was like going through it, life was lifing. My situationship had ended. It was just bad. Everything was bad. <laughs> and I I was super sad. But it was also, like, the best day because it was, like, all of my friends were here at this festival. And it's the community celebrating drag in a time where, like, we're being attacked, you know. And we're just being joyous and sharing our art with everyone. Today, we're bending the gender binary with Helixer Gender Bentwell. They're a professional drag king, queer barber, and self-proclaimed emo daddy. We'll talk about the art of drag performance, found family, and more right after this. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. 
Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Last year, you won SF Drag King of the Year. I want to give it up. Number one, this year's a drag king. Elixir! <laughs> what changed for you after you won? Like, what was the mm-hmm. turning point in that? Um, it, it wasn't even just in drag. It was also, like, my personal life. Like, I had quit my job two days before I won the competition, and... I didn't know what my next step was, and I'm a very, like, logical person. I never make, like, rash decisions, but I quit my job, and then two days later, I won the competition, and it was, like, affirmation that I was going in the right direction. So I started to move with the knowledge that I knew what was best for myself and that the confidence that I had really was self-assurance because, like, I had to believe in myself. I had to believe that it was possible for me to quit my job and then be a queer barber and a drag king. Your name, Helixer Gender Bentwell, is a play on words. It literally has the word gender bent Mm -hmm. in your name. Yes, thank you. Uh, People don't be knowing. Really? Yes. Oh, that was like the first thing I picked up on when Uh, I saw it. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what is it about your name and the way you express yourself that brings you joy? So um, Helixer, I wanted it to be... A play on words, but also, like, clean enough to where I could, like, work anywhere, you know what I'm saying? So he licks her, like, he licks her. If you nasty. Um, and then gender bent well. I wanted people to know from my name that, like, it's not going to be, like, I don't know, like, this hyper-masculine drag king. It's, like, I'm doing the whole gender bending thing, and, like, I'm doing it well, so, like, gender bent well. <laughs> I thought of it myself. <laughs> um, and I feel like every time I perform, I stay authentic to that. So it's like I always blend like, you know, I'll have like my masculine brows, but then I'll have my feminine eyeshadow and then I'll have masculine contour, but then I'll add glitter. Then I got lip gloss, but I got my mustache. I like getting to accentuate what I want to when I want to and never feeling like I have to present a certain way because, like, people have this expectation of, like, what drag kings are. So um, if you are more masculine-leaning, you have to fight to express that masculinity. So a lot of people think you have to dive deep and be like, I have to be, like, an alpha male. I got to be that guy. But I'm like, it's okay to be a soft boy. Like, I'm sad. I cry all the time. (laughs) When thinking about masculinity, that is not something that is allowed. You're not allowed to be soft. You're not allowed to be unmanly or you should be stoic and it's like I'm showing people you can literally do whatever you want like I look super masculine and then when I walk through the bar I'm like excuse me sorry hello you know and it's like it's okay like there there are no rules what was your like first in-person performance and how did it feel mm. to perform like for people to their faces for the first Ooh. time okay so my first in-person performance was November of 2020 I had just performed digitally before that. And so when you're making a digital number, you can pause the camera, you can (laughs) re-record, you can change your outfit. But with live performance, what you see is what you get. So 
I was like, there is no room for error. I've since learned that, like, I mean, I prefer live performance just because, like, you get to interact with the crowd and that's where it's at for me because I get people to, like, let loose and, like, have a good time and, like, either rock out or laugh or, like, scream. And it's like, I had so much support backstage from Vera, Hulta Mercury, Tyson Check-In, Luke Modelo. These are, like, all drag legends in the Bay Area that I didn't even know. But, like, that was my first show and, like, they were all just so welcoming and... When I went out there, I was doing Fallout Boy, Where Is Your Boy Tonight, Grand Theft Auto. Where is your boy tonight? I hope he is a gentleman. Maybe he won't find out what I know. You were the last good thing about this part of town. Like one of those songs where you just rock out, you let loose. I had, there's like a guitar solo and I brought my actual guitar. I was like running around and like the strap broke, but I was like still like running around holding it and like everybody's singing along because like everybody's emo (laughs) and literally like the wave of adrenaline that goes through one's body. Like so many of us are like self-conscious and we don't want people to look at us or like, you know, like we don't want to become aware that we're being observed by other people and being perceived. And so like, to then put yourself on the spot when you like you're someone who's socially anxious you know it's like it's literally insane but then you finish and you're like whoa that was the best thing you know what I mean like it's I I can't even describe like I was about to ask you how would you describe (laughs) it yeah it's like euphoric and even like right before like a gig that I'm super super nervous to do Right before I have to be like, look, you are Helix or gender bent. Well, like, you know who you are. Like, don't don't start this like you got this. I'm like, you're that boy. Let's go. <laughs> and then I go out there and then I have a great time. And it's like when people know the song and they're singing along, sometimes people are like, oh, my God, that was my favorite song, you know. And when you're able to connect with the art that you're watching, it makes it that much better. How do you put your performances together? Like from the outfits to the makeup to choosing the mixes, like how does that mm. process usually work? Usually it starts with the song, like I'll hear a song and then I can like see the choreo in my head. And then sometimes I want like specific moments to happen. So like, let's say um, I do this cover of Stacy's Mom. And um, since it's old timey, I wear like slacks, suspenders, a dress shirt, sometimes a tie. Um, a little newspaper boy hat, like the Kango, um, and like sparkly shoes. And then there's like a little like harmonica bit. And so I have like a harmonica in my pocket and I take it out during that and I like bounce around and stuff. Depending on what the song's talking about, I can usually build a story. You know, um, Make a Man Out of You from Mulan. Mm-hmm. There's a cover <laughs> and it's like a, it's an emo cover and that song is like about like being in the military. So I wear like camo shorts. I wear the silicone chest. I wear like a, a white tank top and then I have like a bandana around my head. So I'm like walking around like a big meathead and I'm like being satirical about like like the masculinity. It's like, did they send me daughters when I asked for sons? It's like I'm really like showing like how silly that is, you know, and 
like for the instrumental parts I'm like how can I feel this time you know because you have to you have to do something you can't just stand there um unless you want to and it's like abstract (laughs) but um yeah I'm like how can I fill up this time and it's like I can do a back roll I can do some push-ups um and like there's like a shirt rip moment that I do because it's like super intense um and I I try to think like what will get like crowd reactions you know or what wouldn't they expect so in your Instagram bio, you describe yourself as an emo daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your emoness. Okay, so um, it's weird. Like everything that my drag is, is ironically turning into everything that I am in my like personal life. It's like emo, it's soft, it's uh, sensitive. And that being said, like I've always been like ostracized for being black and also being into rock. And so it's like being at somewhere like the Oasis and then performing for their emo nights and like they're booking me because like I have branded myself as like the emo daddy local sad boy. And it's like to then be on a stage and I'm I'm like lip syncing to I Write Sins Not Tragedies and everybody is cheering me on. And it's like being validated and being seen. And it's like, I love this music. These people love this music. It's so many people of color so many queer people and everyone's like trans and it's like i'm being celebrated in my fullness and not being made fun of so much of my drag has been healing and there's like photos where i'm like full emo rage like hands on my head like mid scream and people are like throwing up like the rock sign and like screaming and like holding their friends and it's like that is what it's about like it's about community it's about feeling seen it's about expressing who you are growing up and doing drag and finding my community it's like we're all the people that were made fun of and it's like yeah like we were cool and everybody else wasn't and like they couldn't see that we were cool but now we found each other and there's strength in that we're creating art we're like making it so that other like like youth now can see us living in our authenticity and be like that's possible Speaking of just being, (laughs) being a black queer performer, how do you find that affects how you're perceived in drag? I'm very like flamboyant, you know, and I feel like sometimes people don't see that or like they don't want to see my femininity because they're focusing on the masculinity because like they perceive me to be female and I guess like assume like I'm a lesbian or assume like, well, since I'm like not born male I must want to be like extreme male you know uh same thing like when you're like a lesbian and people are like oh uh you want to be a man right so let me treat you like you're a man and it's like I'm a drag king but I never said like I was trying to be this like hyper dude you know like so many different people who are now performers have been like you showed me I don't have to play up toxic masculinity to be a drag king and I thought that's what I had to do and I'm like I didn't used to perform female songs because I was afraid of like losing that like masculinity aspect but it's like who cares helixer is also a member of the rebel kings of oakland a drag king troupe that's been active for a little over 10 years now since 2010 the rebel kings have performed twice a month at the white horse bar though they welcome experienced kings and newcomers alike the whole point of all of their performances is to show people a gender-bending exploration through performance art I watched one of their shows, and at the end, all of the performers got up on stage and took this big, happy, drag family photo, with the drag parents standing in the center. 
When I was looking for people to interview, someone gave me the contacts of you and two other drag kings. One of them was Lotus Boy Mm -hmm. and the other was Vera. And Vera Mm -hmm. left a note saying that their kids come first. And so I'm wondering, how did you find your drag family? What did it feel (laughs) like to find them? Okay, so I was a drag orphan for a long time. I didn't have a drag parent. And so the first day that I went out in drag, like in person, um, outside of my house was March 2020. That's when I met Vera. And so I expressed interest in, you know, performing for the Rebel Kings. And then they told me to sign up for the wait list. And then the, the shutdown happened. And so when they had their virtual show, Vera reached out to me. Even my first in-person show, like Vera invited me to do. So it's like, as much as they are like a great friend to me, like they do feel paternal. Being queer, like I said, being black, being AFAB, it's like, you don't always find, being trans, like, you don't always find community. Um, And especially, like, just being a person on Earth, it's like, you don't always get support. Like, a lot of us are so isolated, um, especially after, like, the last three years. So it's like, um, when you find a complete stranger who, like, shows up and, like, supports you for no reason um, other than the fact that, like, they appreciate your art and like they literally just want to see you shine it's like i don't even know like (laughs) what you would like call it but it's just like it's just love sometimes like our own parents don't accept us so when you have like someone else who's not even like your biological family being like i accept you and i love you like that can literally change like the course of people's whole you know everything and yeah like having drag family is literally better than a high paying job (laughs) in this economy that's saying a lot (laughs) what makes the bay area drag scene unique the bay area is very good at like being equal you know what i mean so it's like when you're booked you don't feel like i shouldn't be in the dressing room because i'm a king and i need to earn my spot it's like i'm a person people are saying hi to me they're making sure i'm taken care of and we're very, like, nurturing, like, people, uh, whether it's showrunners or, like, the owners or, like, the bartenders, everybody takes care of each other. They're like, do you need anything? Do you need help? Like, all of us help each other backstage, like, get ready. And that's something my mom um, has commented on coming to my shows with me is that when you're backstage, everybody's helping everybody. Nobody's like, oh, well, you're you're another performer, so... You know, I'm about my coin and I can't help you because, you know, it's like, no, there was a drag queen. Um, we were doing a show together. It's I don't know. And she was going to do a moment where she puts on roller skates. So she comes backstage like during the chorus, like where it's like instrumental. Then me and my drag son Fender drop to our knees backstage, rip off her boots, put on the roller skates, tie them and then like send her out there. And it's like she could have had to do that by herself. But it's like we are such a community out here where it's like we're going to make your number like as good as it can be, like as fast as like efficient because we want your art to turn out how you want it in your head. Cause like, it's your brainchild, you know? So like, we're really out here just trying to make it work for each other. How would you describe queer joy? And what does that feel like for you? Queer joy is existing completely uninhibited, unrestricted and fully like, 
before I knew just like just how queer I was or like that I was trans, every time I would go to the Castro and I was in a gay club, I would just feel like so at home, so safe. Everybody just wants to have a great time. Everybody's like checking on each other. Like our community takes care of each other. I feel my happiest when I'm not self-conscious about how I look, what people are thinking about me, what I'm wearing, how this is sitting. It's like, if I can't be myself, then what am I doing? I, I don't know, queers, we just do it right. We're just like, we know what the risk is, but we have to be happy. And I feel like specifically queer joy is like a form of like revolution because it's like the world is trying to beat us down. and like despite that we're still rising and we're still showing up and we're still existing and like smiling and laughing and loving i'd like to give a big thank you to helixer gender bentwell your performances and your flamboyant, colorful drag is masculine, feminine, funny, and captivating, all at once. They're also a barber at Salon 3155 on Mission Street, specializing in gender-affirming haircuts. You can book an appointment with them on Instagram at Genji the Barber, spelled J-E-N-J-I. You can also watch them perform with Rebel Kings of Oakland, or you can check out their profile for more updates on when they'll be performing near you. Don't forget to follow their main profile on Instagram at HelixRDrag. That's H-E-L-I-X-I-R-D-R-A-G. Now, I want to shout out the people who helped make this happen. Thanks for not making me get y'all coffee. This Right Now-ish episode was hosted by me, Cherie Bishop. Chris Hambrick is our editor. Christopher Beal is our engineer. The Right Nowish team also includes Pendarvis Harshaw, Marisol Medina Cadena, and Jorge Olivares. Additional support from Jen Chien, Katie Sprenger, Cesar Saldana, and Holly Kernan. Right Nowish is a KQED production. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.